If you want to contact me, or if you want me to read something, or even if you just have any questions about myself or the book, you can email me at moonthenightwing12 at gmail.com. The email will be in the description. Now back to the book. Chapter 5, Wings of Fire, The Brightest Night Sunny followed the Nightwings for three days as they navigated the foothills and, the, and then the snow, snowier heights of the mountain crags. They slept in the shadows of Jade Mountain, listening to the wind howling around the Twin Peaks. She, had, she only had to use the mirror once more when she lost sight of them, and it helped her catch up to them again. She would have loved to sneak back into the camp and leave more scary messages, but she knew they'd take turns staying awake to keep watch after losing the mirror and she resisted the temptation to use a mirror on her friends or on Blister again, although she kept worrying about Blister's new plan. Still, she wanted to avoid that sick, slithering feeling as much as possible. From the mountaintops, they flew down through densely forested foothills, and off in the distance ahead of them, Sunny began to see something that shimmered white and hazy across the horizon. The desert, she thought with a prickle of anticipation. She'd been there once before, when the dragonettes found the tunnel from the rainforest into the kingdom of sand. They had chased Mangrove all the way to the borderlands of the ice kingdom, so she spent two days flying over the desert, but hardly any time down on the sand where her talons really wanted to be. And no time at all looking for my parents. Her thoughts kept circling back to that as she flew. With no one talking, with no one to talk to, and nothing else to distract her from worrying about the prophecy. Her friends had found some kind of family by now, even if, even if some of it was disappointing family, and no one was quite what, and none was quite what they expected. Clay's mother was awful, but his brothers and sisters were, were a, a lot like him, according to Clay. Tsunami's mother was the queen of the sea beings who tried to imprison them, but Tsunami had two little sisters too. An enemy in Auklet. Glory had no way to figure out who her parents were, thanks to the Rainwing's ways of keeping eggs all together. But she found a brother, Jimbu, even if he was a bit silly, and and also Grandeur, who was perhaps a great grandmother or great aunt or something like that. Poor Starflight had really had the worst of it all. Brutine mastermind for a dad and fierce teeth as a sister. Please, but at least they know. At least they knew. At least they found someone. They all had dragon they all had dragons who wanted them in some way. Why did my parents leave me? She had almost nothing to go on if she ever wanted to look for her family. All Castro had said was Steven found Sunny's egg in a desert, hidden near the scorpion den. The scorpion den. I don't even know what that is. She'd seen it marked on maps, but she didn't remember reading about it in any scrolls. Oh, her wings missed a beat as she finally remembered where she heard about Jade Mountain. It was something Kestrel said the last time he saw her. When you realize you need me, you can send me a message to the dragons of Jade Mountain. She twisted to look back to the Fang Mountain. So a dragon lived there, one who dealt with at least some of, some of the towns apiece. That could be useful in, in mind. Although, who would live somewhere, somewhere so sinister? She wondered which tribe it was from and why he or she lived alone. When she turned back around, she saw the distant shapes of the nightwings diving towards the forest below them. Resting again when we're so close? We can't be more than an hour's flight from the desert now. 
They had only flown for half the night before stopping to sleep, and then risen with the sunrise to fly again a few hours. Now the sun had clear, cleared the eastern horizon, but the day had barely begun. And they already needed a break. They seriously have no stamina. She rolled her eyes and followed her and folded her wings to drop down into the forest as well. Wind flurried green leaves brushed against her scales, and a riot of gray squirrels scattered among, along the branches as she landed, her talons singing into the soft grass. In the distance, she could hear the night wings roaring grumpily, and she guessed they were having another unsuccessful hunt. For a trio of menacing killers, they were actually surprisingly bad at catching anything to eat. Sunny wasn't the world's best hunter herself, but she didn't need much. She'd always eat eaten less than her friends. A lizard a day would be enough for her. Kestrel used to gum- grumble that that, that that was why Sunny was so stunned and scrawny. But then Doom would shake his head and insist that it was normal for Samming to be light eaters. Kestrel and Doom, our dead guardians. If only she'd asked, if only she had more time to ask Doom about where her A came from. He would, he'd always been easy to vase when the subject came up, but if she'd known her friends were planning an escape, they trusted me enough to tell me that, she thought with a frown. She could have pressed him harder. Sunny swiveled around, listening. There was an odd noise in the forest. Actually, there were several odd noises, like thumps and murmurs and a chattering kind of bird song, almost as though the squirrels were trying to imitate their winged neighbors. But it also it sounded as though it was coming from under the ground. She crouched and pressed one ear to the warm earth. There was definitely something under here. Groundhogs? Rabbits? She didn't think any normal rodents would make noise quite like this. And from what she could tell, it wasn't a small warren underneath her. The sound seemed to be coming from fairly far away as well. Softly, she paced through the forest, stopping occasionally to listen. She kept an eye out for the three Nightwings, but they weren't hard to avoid. First, there was the roaring and the crashing around, and after a while, snoring that shook the top, bre- the top branches of the trees. Sunny worked her way cautiously westward in the direction of the desert. Small brown and red birds coursed from the trees, occasionally pausing as they saw her approach, and then starting again after a moment, as if they realized she was nothing to worry about. Bumblebees and dragonflies buzzed and hummed and flitted around her talons. In the mild morning breeze, Sunny could smell apples and mint leaves, and something else too, like old burnt wood. She couldn't hear from she couldn't hear the sounds from up under the ground anymore, but the burnt smell drew her on. Up ahead, she could see a break in the trees. She stepped out into bright sunlight and stopped, her eyes momentarily full of light. There was a hole blasted in the forest. Something had been here once, something that stretched for more than a mile within the forest, bigger than the dragonette's home under the mountain, but it was gone now, all burned to black ashes. Where Sunny stood at the edge of it, the forest was trying to rise again. Ashes drifted like dead leaves over her claws, but she could see small green shoots wiggling through here and there. She spread her wings and took the air, hoping for a better look. The burnt area stretched in jagged slashes through the trees and ended at the border with the rocky foothills that led to the desert. From above, she could see that the hole in the forest was many wingspans across and black as a nightwing scales. It looked like a dark gap in a piece of jewelry where where a gemstone had been violently gorged out. 
She circled overhead. Everything inside the hole looked twisted and black into dark ashes. But as Sunny studied the wreckage, she realized that it wasn't just trees that had been burned there. Some of the ghostly shapes that reminded that remained looked like buildings. But these buildings were too small for dragons. Sunny landed next to one of the ruins and stared at it in confusion. Even she was too big to fit through the stone doorways that led silently out of the ashes. But why would any dragons build houses so small? She walked around it, her wings stirring up small tornadoes of ash flakes, and she saw that in the center of the burnt area was a kind of open square. She could feel hard, cracked stone meeting her claws under the layer of ash. In the middle of the square, she found a collapsed pile of round rocks, and tipped sideways among those were blackened metal balls about the size of Sunny's head. Someone definitely built this. Were they keeping some kind of small animal here? She turned to look at another of the sto- small stone doorways and found a shape sticking out of the wreckage beside it. When she clawed it out, she realized it was a piece of stone roughly carved into a shape with two legs, no wings, and holding something pointy, pointy over its head. Oh, Sunny inhaled sharply, getting a nose full of old suit smell. Scavengers! The statue, if that's what it was, looked a bit like a drawing from one of the old scrolls about scavengers who attacked dragons for the treasure, waving sharp little toothpick claws, things called swords? Did scavengers build this place? Can they do things like, like make bells and carve statues? Sunny knew scavengers lived in dens, but she hadn't thought they could build real buildings like this. She always imagined them clustered in caves or digging out holes to live in, or maybe leaning long sticks together to create shelters at most. Here, they were clearly advanced, masonry deliberately foundation work, and a sort of organized street plan, as far as Sunny could tell. Plus the statue, it was crude, but it was. But wasn't it art? What kind of prey made art? Maybe I'm misunderstanding all this. Maybe dragons built this place and kept scavengers here for the re- for some reason, and then burned it all down. Why would they do that? She lifted into the sky, feeling uneasy. The dragonets had studied scavengers in their scrolls, but Webbs and Kestrel had never brought any back any back to their mountain caves for eating or practice hunting. Sunny had seen a few small sca- scavengers in Queen Scarlet's palace, scurrying around under the dragon's feet at a banquet for the visiting Samings, but she'd been up in the bir- giant bird cage on display for as a gift for Burn, so she hadn't gotten a very close look. <clears throat> Scavengers were the ones who started the Dragon War by killing Queen Oasis and stealing all her treasure, leaving Burn, Blaze, and Burn, Blaze, and Blister to fight over the throne and the empty treasure treasury. Sunny didn't know much else about scavengers. She knew they liked shiny things. She always imagined scavengers as a sort of fierce magpies or squirrels, bigger than either of those, but not much smarter. They couldn't have very much of a brain if they thought attacking dragons was a good idea, right? She glanced at the destroyed village once more, and then turned back to find a spot where she could hide and wait for the Nightwings. Maybe there's more to scavengers than than we were taught. But what happened here? Who burned down the scavenger den, and why? Hello, I'm sorry for all the dings in this episode, but I couldn't figure out how to silence my computer and my messages were coming through. Sorry again.